This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Buenas, buenos días, gente. Uh, muchas gracias for coming today. And uh, uh, we're going to be talking more about, and I know it's Friday, everybody's tired. Uh, we're trying to do something here. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Latin America. But before that, I just want to know who, you know, is it producers, podcasters, uh, buyers, who, who, the public here? Who, who are you guys? Maybe show of hands for podcasters. Oh, okay. One man band. Uh, advertisers, agencies, brands or anything like that, networks, a whole part. Okay. Oh, cool. there you go. We found them. There you go. All right, guys. So, uh, first of all, I would like, my name is Oscar Sarmeno. I'm based out of Miami. So, but I, no, I'm not wearing flip flops today. Uh, I could. Um, I am with Triton Digital, you know, and uh, I actually would like you guys to introduce yourselves. Tell us who you are and uh, where you're coming from, who you work with. Uh, my name is Diego Senor. I come from Colombia via New York City, and I uh, am CEO of La Central, which is a podcast producing company that we started about a year and a half ago. It's very new, uh, very fresh, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, Sharon Taylor, um, Australian, living in Canada. Uh, the sole English speaker. I feel like I am the <laughs> least language-oriented person up here, but we'll muddle through. Um, I was the CEO of Omni Studio, which is a hosting platform for about 58,000 different shows around 86 different countries. I've done that for the last few years before um, becoming part of the Triton Digital family, so hopefully can share some insights in growth in the market and what we're seeing. And keep in mind, guys, she decided to leave Australia for the winter in Montreal, so... Yeah, I'm the only person that moved to Montreal in December <laughs> and didn't quit my job. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Sergio Gonzalez. I'm from Sonoro Media. We're a global IP machine entertainment company focused on Latin creators. Um, and I'm a head of growth, so I oversee growth in any means, in audience, in revenue, in reputation. All right. Well, thank you. Now that we have introduction here, I just want to give you some numbers, guys, and to understand a little bit about Latin America uh, podcasting. And like it or not, relates as well to the USA, Hispanic audiences here as well. Uh, but when we talk about Latin America, it also includes Brazil. It's not just the Spanish. We have a Portuguese major, major, you know, numbers of podcasters over there. So the e-marketing 2022 March numbers, um, they have digital audio listeners in Argentina, 23.8 million, Brazil, 117.3 million, Mexico, 55.8, USA is 221.9 million. Of that, the podcast listeners in 2022 for Brazil, it's around 42.9 million, representing 20% more or less of the population. Estimated that it's going to be 46.4 million in next year. Mexico at 22.8, representing 17.5% population. And for next year, 24.5 million. Argentina, 7.8 million, 16, 17% population. Uh, estimated to be 8.7 million next year compared to the US, where we have 126 million listeners. So it's like, a, just to give an idea of, of the numbers. Um, also, we know that Triton, we released a podcast report for Latin America, 
And the last one for the month of July, actually, we have uh, a new number one, which is A Mulher da Casa Abandonada from Grupo Folha, uh, having around 1.7 million downloads per week, followed by La Corneta from Prisa and Leyendas Legendarias, which is with Sonoro. You know, um, The trends that we see, and very quickly, uh, it's everything, distribution channels, you know, the usual, you know, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Deezer, uh, Evox, uh, uh, TuneIn. Uh, we see a lot of the stuff for uh, uh, direct, so programmatic, so uh, original content, rebranded uh, material. So let me just join the guys here and sitting with you guys now. Welcome. And <laughs> see you guys. So, um, because Latin America, U.S., um, let's start with, uh, with uh, Diego. If you can tell us, you know, what is your experience, you know, in creating, producing podcasts in Latin America, uh, the teams, the size, budgets, if you can tell us a little bit more what you've done, you know, in your uh, side. Yeah, well, the company I work with is very fresh and new, as I was telling you, but uh, podcasting in Latin America began if uh, anyone can correct me here, but um, for, for what I tried to do back when I used to work for a radio network there, uh, I tried to bring it in uh, back then in 28, 2010, and uh, nobody was, everybody was saying, what, wait, we're doing radio already, why podcasting, or like, what's, we don't get it, and to this day, I think we're still trying to figure out a lot about podcasting creation in, uh, in, a, in a country where, at least in our country, where we have a very large and very um, solidified uh, radio listenership. As in, people are, uh, they wake up and they know where to go at, uh, to look for their content, and most of the content is uh, radio-based, not even television, not even uh, written media. Um, that is due in part to the country's history, to the country's geography. We have a very similar uh, situation happening in Chile, and um, I think Mexico is a universe on its own. <clears throat> but, um, but so radio is very strong, and there's only so much people that are doing that for a living. So podcasting, trying to break that rule is, is, is really hard. And there's only a few, uh, as you said, there's th these outlets and platforms that are buying, but there's only a few of them that are doing a little bit here and there. So it's a lot of competition, a lot of elbows uh, shoving in to get into the one person that you need to convince to give you the money to create a podcast that's decent. And then creating a podcast that's decent, meaning uh, not a chat cast, but something like it's an audio documentary series or something with, uh, with a concept and a, a person behind it, not uh, a personality that has already, you know, has a, a following, but, uh, you know, a creation of, of their own. Uh, creating that, building it from from zero is a challenge on, on its own. It's going back to doing radio novelas, kind of. I don't know <laughs> if, if you ever heard radio novelas back in the day. My parents did. I never did. But then I, I went back to see what the scripting process was or what the, what, what the ideas that are exclusively, exclusively uh, sonic could help us tell a story better. And uh, that's what we're doing. So that's what we're trying to build. Uh, we did one podcast for Colombia. We're doing another one for Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico is a beautiful place that is uh, quite the example of how culture and audio are 
uh, how audio can ex uh, give an example of how culture clashes. Uh, a clash between the American progressivism and Latin American conservatism uh, in terms of uh, access to content and thoughts and politics. So, so Puerto Rico is it's a niche place, but it's a great leeway towards North America from Latin America. And, and compared to the US, like this, this whole production that you've done in Colombia. How, how do you see that? Well, well, I mean, I wish we could get budgets like the Americans. <laughs> they, they gave us they, <laughs> this one Anybody platform. Anybody there? We, <laughs> there's, there's one platform that we saw the podcast to, uh, which is uh, an 18-episode series that we're very proud of about racism and, and systematic uh, race relationships in the country and in the continent. Uh, but they, they gave us like a comparison to another podcast that was similar happening here. And I saw their numbers and I was like, oh my God, this could be a business. I can make a living off of this. Of course. And then they said, no, but the, you know, Latin America, it's pesos, et cetera. Like a dollar goes long, <laughs> a long way. And, uh, and then we cut in half, cut in half. So how do you produce that? I'm sorry that I don't want to like, be negative, but it's kind of, a, it's true. So, so then- it's, The experience that you're having probably yeah, most yeah, yeah, I'm of the people are here to denounce it. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, it, seriously, we can't, and we can create, and creating audio is good, but, uh, you know, we do need better budgets, we do need, uh, and I guess for better budgets is larger audiences, maybe, you were just saying that um, Mexico has like 55 million listenership, is yeah. it? That's the amount of people that live in my entire country, so, but, you know, you can do the math yeah. in there. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the, the audiences are there, definitely, it's, it's just, and it keeps growing, and I think in some of the countries, uh, Colombia, for example, it's, it's, we noticed that it's very open to try different things, you know. So, yes, you're right. Budgets. Uh, it's money talks, definitely. But, well, Sergio, you know, Sonoro has been the market for like three years, more or less. And uh, the things that you're working on, it seems like the centuries, the Latina one, as you guys mentioned in the past in our conversations. Can you tell us more about the approach that Sonoro has, you know, about growing your network? Because, uh, you know, you've been doing a lot of uh, regional content. Uh, you are exposing stuff in the U.S. Can you tell us more a little bit of Sonoro is doing? Sure. So, that the, the, we're bullish on the 21st century being the Latino century. Listen to that, as, guys. Uh, I, I'll, I'll make you a bet, more of a prediction. Uh, in the next few years, the keynote speaker in one of these events is going to be a Latino, no? So, for example, who's selling the most tickets right now in music? It's a Latino, no? So, there's the market, as a, the, the market is growing, but what we see is there's the talent also, no? So, we have to find that talent, no? Those unique voices, uh, we believe that the storytelling we can create, uh, we've been underrepresented, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of times, the stories that are told about Latinos are not from the Latino perspective. So what we are doing is empowering the Latino um, storyteller, creator, creative, um, so we can tell our stories. And what we see is our stories are, are global. No, people understand our stories. For example, <clears throat> we launched uh, a mashup between a, a telenovela and a K-drama in Spanglish, and it became number one in South Korea. Are you no? serious? Yes. <laughs> Which, what, what is the name of this? Uh, love, and I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but Love and Nora Bang. Wow. South Korea. So it, it's a, it's a. I got to check afterwards, you know. I yeah, yeah, it's a really nice story, and, and, and it's breaking borders because people understand the, the authenticity, and it's told from a place of, of 
cultural relevance, no? So how we grow is we look for all this talent, and there's a lot of talent out there. But talent also needs nurturing, and that's what we are trying also to help them. So uh, Sonoro is also a network effect. So maybe your podcast is still niche, and but you have a really interesting voice, and then if you come to our network, then the network effect Exposure. takes place, and then you start growing, because what we've seen is to grow a podcast, the best place to uh, to do it is if you hear it in another podcast. No? So, so because Sonoro is, uh, you know, it's a company, you guys have offices in Mexico City, but also in the United States, but it seems to me that you are everywhere like you're yes. those podcasts that you're attracting to your network is not necessarily mexico it can be any other country yeah. as well yes and what we're seeing also is that um the the podcasts we have they, they they grow in the region so for example they can be number one in mexico colombia chile peru no so so the, we have a lot of um, even though each country is different culturally we're not the same uh we, we still that sensibility of how we're telling we we share a lot of that and then a lot of our content can travel well through all the content interesting and Sharon because you've seen podcasts growing different regions and everything else what stands out to you when you think about what has changed in Latin America podcasting because you've seen like in Brazil Mexico you've seen uh, you know publishers that are working telenovelas los ricos también lloran type of thing on radio what stands out to you? Um, well, I mean, we didn't have a LATAM track at Podcast Movement X many years ago. Like, I think that the people that were creators on Omni that just happened to have downloads in those regions has changed, and now there's actually purposeful content that is being put out there, and there are advertisers chasing those dollars. So I did dig... I say... I, I asked someone on our data team to dig through some data bits and pieces. Like, in terms of downloads from the full year 2020, 21, 22, we doubled in downloads Q1 to Q4 in 20. Double. Doubled in, Q, in one year from the start of Q1 to Q4, it doubled. Wow. And in 2020, it was all in Brazil. 2021, we tripled between the end of that to the end of the next quarter. Uh, and that was mainly Mexico that took the top spot there. And then this year, year to date so far, it's stabilizing. We're seeing about 40% growth and Colombia is where we're seeing the most of it. Um, and in terms of English creation in those regions, in 2020, it was 29%. So the audience down there were consuming these, like, obviously podcasts, but it wasn't their language first. And so now we're down to 16%, which means that there's a wealth of more content that's come through. Um, and so it's it's just the market has moved outside of people that want to listen to podcasts but can't find their own stories and content that is for them to now a much like richer array of content that they can download. It's very interesting. Like, have you seen those numbers as well? Like yeah. in Sonoro, like to... Yes, Double, uh, con yeah, continuing the growth. Um, even though we have to say that in Latin America there's a dominant player. <laughs> Everyone knows who I'm referring to. Uh, but yes, uh, so what we're seeing is also that um, they're growing and we are also seeing a lot of new creators joining the ecosystem. Okay, so it's not stuck with one thing. But there is a space for everybody yes. to grow. It's not just that player, of course. I also think there's a, a barrier that we need to cross, which is um, language barrier within our continent, because we talk about Latin America, 
and Brazil is larger than the rest of us. Yeah. And it's a universe of its own again, but, but there's so much to collaborate in there and there's so much potential for us um, because we can create stuff that the Brazilians will love and then it'll be just the same, but just in Portuguese and uh, it's not that different. Have I think you... English is you know, more well, strange it, it, to our well, culture it, than Portuguese. Well, you know, but it's, it's, it, because you guys have done that as well, right? Like you creating a Spanish content to translate into English. Is it, have you guys done in, that in Portuguese yet or thinking no, of? No, no, uh, no, 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 but we want to. What we did was uh, collaborate with people in, um, in, in Sao Paulo for the one that we did on race because huh. there, there was a parallel between what they were doing there. So we collaborated in script writing and storytelling and then from there we took our own version of it and made it our own. Yeah. But um, but you know that's a little a little moment in history that I think we can replicate. And for you guys that are thinking about growth, yes. it's uh, it's either that or China. After yeah, <laughs> we are going into you Portuguese. Yes. You are going Portuguese. Yes, we are going into Portuguese to the Brazilian market because it yes the the language is the barrier, but culturally it's, uh, we we're still Latin. No ideas we, work. Yes, there. they work, and 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 the storytelling also works. So just we, if we have to just do the regional and language space, we believe our ideas still can travel, as we've seen that a Mexican or, or Chilean or Argentinian idea can travel well through the continent. Well, if you look at the, oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, we're seeing a lot of publishers like reach out to regions to get versions of their shows for those regions. And we see it a lot like Italy, et cetera. But I mean, it's going to become region-specific content in the next couple of years in podcasting for really popular shows. Well, I'm thinking here, we talk about telenovelas already twice or three times in the short minutes that we have here. A lot of the soap operas from Colombia being translated to Portuguese, vice versa, you know, the Portuguese, the Brazilian ones into Spanish markets, different accents, Argentina, Mexico. So if it works for telenovelas, you know, why not as well for those programs? You yeah, I mean, but, uh, if it, all ta it only takes a brilliant mind, as you were saying, in talent. So we had this, uh, talking about telenovelas, Colombia is very proud of Betty La Fea and what <laughs> happened, because it became global. Oh, exactly. and, then, and then the spin-off of the spin-off of the spin-off. So if we find that again, we'll, we'll go for it. We're trying to find those, those creative writers that can create it uh, uh, without the need of bringing a celebrity or bringing something else. Like when, when it comes to building uh, 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 content, whether, whether, it's, whether it's video or podcasting, um, I wish we could just sell the concept and create out of it and then not, need, not the need to bring someone to negotiate how many clicks or how, many, how are you going to promote it, et cetera, et cetera. Like all these things that as an independent creator you need to think about, I wish you didn't have to. Yeah. And there's, it's great that places like Sonoro exist because they nurture to that, as you're saying. Um, we, kind of, we need a Sonoro in Colombia, actually, maybe. Well, we'll talk after. We'll yeah. yeah. I think there's a business opportunity right here. Yeah. No, does, but, does anyone but, else want to get on stage and make a deal? Is that... <laughs> no, but like seriously, so so because we're doing it with our fingers, man, with our nails, as we say in Spanish. Yeah. So, so Diego, you mentioned earlier that uh, you know the field of pressure in Colombia, where you have a very well-established uh, listenership to radio, and I know that. Uh, the, the nature of the Colombians is with so much that I think in Bogota are 20 minutes of consecutive ads per hour in the radio station, which is it's, uh, it's good for it, them. It's good, good for them. <laughs> so uh, 
how how do you feel that that's pressure like for you as a podcast because you have to steal audiences from the radio what, yeah, we're what competing. is it like so i i think that we there's a saying and have you seen succession there's a saying in succession where they say we're all fighting for the eyeballs and it turns out that we're not fighting for eyeballs because we're not competing with uh content that is somewhere that, in a screen which mm -hmm. that's the beauty of audio is that you can pursue a listener uh in a moment that is not 100% exclusively dedicated to a screen or to a place, it's a, a, a person in movement can listen to you, a person in whatever. So that's, th those things are the pluses that we have in audio, but we need to take that away from traditional radio, and uh, we don't know how. We don't know how. Um, because nothing beats, and this is for, for Colombian audiences, it's, it's nothing beats something that's live, that you feel that you're connected and it's happening right now. You go in the car and you turn it on, and then that's a voice that you've heard, and then a billion ads and then that voice again. <laughs> and they like it. No, they, I mean, I say they because I cringe because I'm, I'm con on the content side. So I'm like, well, how many ads are you going to put in there? Are the ads good though? Like, is it good content or is it? No. Oh, okay, well, then I've got no answer. <laughs> it's the same jingle from 20 years ago. We're reinventing ourselves, yeah, except okay. that one jingle. We're people that of happens habit, at Christmas. You know? We're people of habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so younger audiences are really like Easy done to. with that. Okay. They are done with that. So that's great. So you're that, that is happening. Okay. That is happening, and we need to cater to them. And we haven't been able to, or at least uh, us as a young company, we haven't been able to find that very young audience that is willing to go for a narrative nonfiction uh, podcast, which is what, what we'd like to do. Okay. Um, and then we're trying to figure a way out. Uh, I'll tell a short story about um, talking about really young audiences. Is that we had um, uh, that, that radio that I used to work with had uh, a station called Colorin Coloradio, catering for kids. Okay. And when I was an executive at that station, I had to close down the like against everything that I wanted and everything that I thought was beautiful about radio. I had to shut it down because Why? nobody was, no kids are not listening radio. They're not, they're like, they're going to Nickelodeon or whatever it is. And now kids podcasts are a thing. <laughs> and then now they're back. So, so maybe, you know, the old ways can bring us new stuff. Okay. Well, I, Sergio, I don't think you, you feel the pressure of uh, fighting against the radios in Mexico. No, 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 no. no. The, we're, we're collaborating with radio, no? So for example, radio is asking for our content. No, so yes, and in Mexico, I think radio is kind of uh, in its way out. It's really important. Radio is really important in Mexico when something is happening okay. live. Yes, no, but outside of live, it, it's more like a habit. You just do it because you have to do it, and you don't want to go in silence in your car. No, but it's not an experience you're enjoying. And what we're seeing is people are enjoy the experience of podcasting. Okay. And, and, and that enjoyment, of course, you know, uh, for Sonoros, I know that you have different strategies for monetization, and I believe most of them are direct sales. Can you tell us a little bit more what you guys are doing with it? Because yes. it's, I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to want to know what you guys are doing because they maybe want to do the same thing because it's very successful what you're doing. Right? We, what, what we saw is that there's not uh, one fit solution for everything okay. for our both markets. No? So we have uh, sales in, this, in the United States and Latin America. So in, in the United States, is more like what we've talked here or uh, these days. No? It's more programmatic. It's more CPM-based. But in, in, in Latin America, what we're seeing is 
uh, you have to build a relationship with the brand, and the brands are really interested in generating their content. No, or or going for example, I think one of part of the Latin America market is like influencer market is really okay. established. All right. So so you can present that opportunity as a pot as a host that he's an influencer, uh, and and his medium is audio. No, so so that's where the, the and brands want to buy this yes. this space with and, the influencers. And also, for example, there's a in, in Mexico you can hear like I heard your podcast on YouTube. Like, and so YouTube is a big part discovery, of discovery uh, because it's the what we're seeing. Creators they have a whole ecosystem, mm -hmm. so so we can with brands we can collaborate and monetize the whole ecosystem because also it's like what we say in Mexico, no CMO has ever been fired for buying Facebook ads. <laughs> no, bad uh, podcast maybe you can get fired. No, so so. We, and and it, sometimes they try to compare us or, or measure us the same way. Like, oh, I can get 100 million impressions on Facebook with two cents. Why are you uh, charging, charging so much? No, but it's like we're not the same. And if they, they see understand? it, do they understand? When they that? see it as, as a content play, not as a reach thing. No, it's not there. We, we, what we're trying to do is also to tell them about the long tail theory. No, okay. we're not in the reach space. We're in the interest space. No, we're more based on the, on on the attention economy. So w you can spend one hour on Facebook, and after that hour, I can ask you what did you learn, and maybe that a kitten fell or something like that. <laughs> after one hour, and after you hear one podcast for one hour, you ask what did you learn? Oh, that the Einstein. The theory of relativity works and stuff like that. <laughs> you know? So, so that's what we're trying to sell them. Right. It's more attention than broad reach. Do you have more? Sorry, I'm turning to moderator. Do you have more luck with U.S. advertisers who want to reach your very specific audience? Because, like, the U.S. gets it for the most part. Like, it's a much more mature market, and so like people that are now hunting to buy audience demographics and you come with a demographic, like you know who your audience is, it's very specific. Is that easier than like a like in-country advertiser? Yes, that's also one of our strategies. Not We're not pitching one specific show. We're, we're spe so it's X brand and they want X audience and they, we say we have all these different topics but they cater to that audience you're looking for and then that clicks for them. It's like, oh yeah, I want all of those shows because they talk in, in so I can put my the brand's message in different types of ways, but it's still relevant for for the brand and for the people who are listening. So no, I I, I like the approach that you guys have, and hey, it's working. So I'm pretty sure again, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of podcasters there, networks that could learn something from the the, the work that you guys are doing. Thanks. Um, well, Sharon, again. Looking at you know uh, how are the publishers out, outside you know the, the Latin America thinking about the market? What, what can you share with us? Like, I think they don't know how to access it. Like I think that's your opportunity. Like if you have shows down there, like to build relationships with other networks outside of that, and to be thinking about how you could either build a show for that audience or how you could help them monetize. Like there's. There's just a lot of they know they want to be there, but not really sure how to start getting down there. And it's just because the conversations, like, 
of the networks here, you know, like, do you know who the networks are that are operating those regions that you need to speak to if you want to get access to those shows? Um, but everyone wants to act. It's a huge population of people that want to consume audio. It is the holy grail, potentially, of advertising dollars if you can access it and make content in a way that advertisers want to monetize it. So I think all eyes are on it. There's just a lot of people not being completely sure how and what is going to work, which is the opportunity of networks yeah. and creators in the region. Yeah, like I, I, I did a presentation yesterday where it's 660 million people in the region. That's a lot of people. And growing. A, in growing. Yeah, yeah, in growing, yeah. Don't stop having kids, guys. Yeah, I mean, there is, there's a lot of people, if you ask, that would say that the US maybe has plateaued, like in terms of where listenership is going to go. We're probably going to get a little bit more each time, but by now, probably someone's heard something about podcasting and but there are regions around the world like India China if you can get behind the firewall um, Latin America huge and, and usually I think the the Latino audience is very loyal once we well this is me talking by the way I'm generalizing as usual but once I find something that I like I'm, I'm there you know unless you do something really horrible I switch but otherwise, you know, you got my loyalty. I'm there, you know, take advantage of it, you know. Um, Diego, like, uh, when creating content, you know, for the, your audiences, like the ones in Colombia, uh, sorry, uh, when creating the content in the region, how does it work for you? Like, what, what, what are you looking for? You decide what is the content that's going to work for your podcast. Uh, how, how is this process? Like, mm, it's, well, it's the, like every creative process. It's uh, finding an idea that moves you and that you're passionate about and pursue it. Uh, again, what happens with the platforms is that there's very little access to them. So there's a bunch of people with a bunch of ideas, and, um, which is great. Uh, you know, that's what we need. But uh, you choose whatever idea you feel that you can create with the means that you have in the best way possible, and that'll bring uh, a, a larger impact to not a specific audience. I think that uh, if you build it, they will come, okay. and um, and that's that's how we that's how we're doing it. We we saw we're doing a collaboration based on a podcast that we did for Johns Hopkins University, and it's an idea that came through my friends and myself in in Colombia, and we're doing it for American audiences. So uh, it's there. It's we're building it slowly. And, um, and then we're, we're thinking that the audiences will come. It's been sold to a, to a network, and uh, we're collaborating with them. So, so if you're passionate about, and if you know what you're talking about, specifically when your product is talking, then, then you can do it, and you can create it. It's, it, it's, it's not rocket science. But uh, uh, again, please send us more money, guys. <laughs> guys, listen, you know. No, no, I, I understand. No, but you know, you know what I think is great though. The more, the more presence that these platforms have in our market, the better, and we need that fast. I think it's happening. I was just talking to another platform this morning, and they told me, "Hey, we're going to open there," and I had no idea. And that is a relief. That is a, is a relief. I have all these people that come from radio or come from different parts of, of content creation that are, that are telling me we want to create a podcast that is this, this, or that. And then we talk creatively. But then there's only like a couple of people that I'm pitching it to. And now there's going to be more. And I think it's going to change really, really fast. So that, that is very exciting. No, it's, it's uh, more options, of course. Yeah, you know, much needed. Uh, no, no, definitely. Uh, 
going back, because again, I have to go back here to the, to the business side of Sonoro, because you deal with both Mexico and the US in this case. Uh, is there a different approach for brands, like when you do Mexico? For brands? Yeah, like how, how, how do you do this? Like what is the difference? Like do you feel that it's the same, it's the same approach for both? No, it's very different because uh, here in the States, it's really mature. People know what they want. So is it, is it easier? It's, that, yeah, that's it, what it, it means? In like, a sense, it's easier, but also here they need more volume than maybe what you have, no? because they're going, they know what they want, they know how they're going to um, uh, measure it, no? and, 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 it's, and they've done it a lot. No? And in Mexico or Latin America, what we're seeing, we're still in, in Latin America, we're still in the stage of, of, of showing the, the power of audio to the brands. We're at that stage still, no? So all the ecosystem is trying to, um, I don't know in English, but in Spanish, to the people, to the brands, no? Mm -hmm. So they can understand it, take it up to the CMO, and, 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 and be part of the media mix. That, I think in Latin America, their okay. media, uh, the mixes, they don't have audio. They have radio, but, but it's still like, or maybe digital radio, that's the mm -hmm. far uh, they can go, but they don't have it contemplated. So it's all, always like, I'll do a special project, take uh, some money and, and try it. So it's like it, what's missing and then, if I hear you well, is the planning from the agencies because they yes. don't know that the audio exists? Is that what it is? Yes, they don't know, uh, they're not, curious to talk to us and how does it work, how can I measure, what's the efficiency of that medium, no? And, and because, yes, they, sometimes they're just buying by habit, no? They just yeah. repeat the habit and, they, and they, maybe the, the split is different, or maybe a little more to uh, traditional media, maybe a little more to digital, but in digital they're not going into the specific details of what can work and where can I innovate. Interesting. So it feels like you're running two different companies, one for the American yes. market and Which another. Is, yes. Yeah, the conversations with the brands are very different in, in the States and in Latin America. I guess. Is that, is, go ahead. Got to get the radio dollars. Like, got to get those radio dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear they've got like, plenty of ads to spare. <laughs> we do. Is that, is that your experience as well? Like, uh, with brands? Yeah, like or No. No, sadly no. The brands are the brands that I've talked to in the past are more more focused on um, audiovisual. Okay. Um, and that's where they stand. And then the rest is the, the go with the habit of like put put a few things in traditional outlets and audio, maybe. But then sometimes there's this one creative brand. I love a beer brand in Colombia that, that did this one, Radio Novela, for their new beer or whatever it was. And, uh, and, they, and they, create, they cater to it, and they created it, and they crafted it, and they hired all the actors and everything. And it didn't have quite an impact. But again, the, it was a bet. So it's, it, it's, it's a gamble, I think. Okay. So because I, I've seen like, different companies trying different things. and. Uh, Again, this podcast that just came out, the number one in the in the in the ranker. Uh, I spoke with uh, one of the guys from the Folia, and they said, "Like, so what, what did you guys do? Because I, said, I don't know where this came out of, you know." 
And it seems like they use the, the style of they produce six or eight episodes and release everything at the same time. And people in Brazil just went crazy, you know, like it's, it's just different ideas of what they're trying or in order to grow their audiences and everything else. And I think this, this question is open up to the whole floor, guys, like for you guys. Um, what excites you the most about the future ahead of Latin America podcasting? What do you think, Sharon, if you want to, you know, what do you expect to see in the future? I think the dollars, it's inevitable that the dollars will flow, and I think that it's going to get a lot more heated in terms of competition. Um, I, I'm interested to see if, like, subscription as a model takes off down there, like, if, if you're not going to get advertisers around, and if there is that kind of, like, binge consumption behaviour, then I think subscription could work quite well. Um, I know that there's a few publishers that are testing stuff out, and if you happen to test something out, like, you also get some extra promotion space, I've heard, like, through, like, the channels. Like, so you, like, try, like, an ad-free version or a window thing, and then, oh, I'm on a carousel at Apple, and, you know, one thing kind of leads to another. So, um, yeah, I'm interested in the monetization flowing and the different monetization options on the table. I'm excited about competing in that competition. And someone <laughs> in this room giving him <laughs> some. Yes. Yeah. yes. No, we're excited about that. We're excited about creating, having the opportunity to create all the content that we can. And we're ready and there and ready to take over and bring great ideas uh, and great stories that cross that Latinx boundary that exists in America, which I feel sometimes it could be a little um, cacophonic, I don't know if that's a word, yeah. but it is you, now, you get the it. sense. Uh, so, so then breaking that and creating stuff for non-Latinos for, for non -Latinos that comes from us and that excites others. Repeat, Betty La Fea, but like in, in different ways. And we can, we have plenty. Mexico is doing it. And what about for Sonoros? Like? Well, we're, we're excited about the creativity. And also what Latin Americans is, maybe we don't have resources, but we're resourceful. No, and, and well like said. All well the said. Here, so uh, we're really excited about that. We believe that that next year, keynote speaker will be a Latin creator. No, so we be, we we and we want to collaborate to create that future. No, because that's we're a power that's moving ahead. There's a new generation of Latin Americans, and and. and if, and, and I think we're breaking all taboos about not like I'll work in a silo. And if we do the networking and if we do a, a huge collaboration, put aside some differences, we can achieve whatever we want to do. Yeah. And I think as Sharon said as well, uh, everybody has their eyes in Latin America. It's, uh, it's inevitable that the money is going to come. Uh, we as a company, Triton, obviously, we have been, you know, working in the region for many, many years, you know, yeah. helping the growth of, uh, you know, different talent uh, uh, publishers and everything else. So we do expect to definitely see something big, you know. Um, guys, I, I don't know if anybody has a question here, you know, like um, uh, anything that you want to know now that we have, uh, take advantage that we have, uh, you know, three experts here. Uh, in the in, in the room. Yes. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's uh, microphone a... is coming. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, so who are you? Sorry. Uh, hi, my name is David. I'm a I have a podcast network in Mexico. Thanks for the talk. It's really inspiring. So when we're creating content in in Mexico in Spanish for Latin American audience, even when it's like influence influencer based, so we come with an influencer. The type of content we do 
sometimes feels, feels like a shot in the dark. Like we don't know, like this guy can have millions of followers and at the end of the day, it doesn't translate into listens. So I was wondering if you guys have any ideas of how to, like if you plan ahead in the content you're going to make, like what, what can you do to, to prevent a certain number of listens or a certain number of audience to that podcast? So how how you guys plan the conversion? Well, I guess Sonoras were more. Well, what what we do we've seen that a lot. No, like let's say you have 10 million um, Instagram followers and two downloads. No, and I don't have that many followers, <laughs> by the way. So, sorry. but but what we what we've seen is the type of content you're doing. So maybe like let's say if you're just taking pictures of your awesome body. And maybe that won't translate very well into an audio experience, no? But maybe you have a smaller audience and what you say, it's always insightful. And maybe they want to have a more intimate experience in another format. So what we've seen is it's the type of influencer and what he does to get that type of numbers and the storytelling around it. And if that storytelling can be a transmedia storytelling or what he does is only like aesthetic visual and then it's going to be really hard to translate into audio. Does it help? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Anybody else with another question, guys? Sorry, I'm blinded here. Hey guys, Inigo here, also based from Mexico City in this. I actually have two questions, but the first one would be for you guys at Triton and what are your, your upcoming plans for incrementing data and analytics for uh, Spanish-speaking uh, markets. I, I, we, we saw with Gabriel Soto, the keynote speaker, about the amazing report he did for Latinos based in the US. But um, what are your upcoming plans or efforts, if any, to understand um, what's going on so, south let of me, the world? Let me understand perhaps the question. So you, you want to know what data, and we're talking about number of listeners. Uh, so presently, we do release some uh, rankers, obviously, uh, yeah. not just for podcasts, but also for uh, uh, live streams, of course. And this is data that we needed to release because nobody else was doing it out there. So we need to have some benchmark, a reference, a point of reference. Uh, is that type of data that you're looking for? or, or, or Yes, basically all kind of data would be like so, so helpful. Okay, like, so yeah. what we are working on, obviously I cannot disclose all the you know, NDAs that we have signed different companies, <laughs> but in different countries we are uh, working closely with some measurement um, institutions uh, in order to bring something specific for those countries. Uh, so this is something that we, you know, soon, uh, it's been, in Brazil, we released something, it's called Standard Radio with uh, Cantari Bope, uh, with other organizations as well in some other countries, we are doing something similar. Uh, and pretty much is that, is to give more emphasis, more, more data, you know, for advertisers, for uh, the population as well, to understand what is happening in the region. Great. Um, can I go again with another question? I uh, mean, for uh, Diego and, and Sergio, this one. Um, but for indie creators that are uh, like myself that are interested in going into a more narrative shows and would like to partner up with um, people with your experience and distribution network, how could we go about on trying to work with you guys, maybe 
pitch ideas and also how do you go about working like Sonoro? I know with, you've worked, you guys have worked with Futuro and then with Wondery. Like, it's amazing to see that there's so much partnerships and collaboration. And how does that work? Thanks. Well, they, we work with them because they see the authenticity of how the storytelling, no? what we're trying to do. So the, the cultural relevance, and, and, and that's why they have a huge market. They have an interest, but they're honest that they maybe they're not they don't have the right approach the creative no so they, you have to always look for a creative that is or knows the story no so that's very important and that's why i think a, a, a lot of our collaborations come from know that okay who is the best to tell that story then they come with us and and uh, you know build your decks pitch call yeah. be intense Go on social media, tag them, talk to me afterwards. <laughs> like, do all the things, because nobody's going to do it for you, man. Yeah. And, uh, and then eventually, you know, you're in front of Sergio, talk to Sergio. Like, keep doing what you're doing. I've pitched so much, and I've, like, so many doors are closing all the time, but then there's a little window opens, and then you have an opportunity to build something beautiful. So, you know, keep at it, man. The worst can happen is that they're going to say no. The no you already have, what you're looking for is the yes. So keep looking for the yes, man, for sure. Well, guys, thank you so much, Diego Sergio. Thank you. <laughs> thank you all. all right, guys. Thank you. Have a good thank